This week's episode is brought to you by Vodafone Comedy Festival, which is Thursday, July 28th to Sunday 31st in Dublin's Ivy Gardens. Um, some of the comedians that are performing at the Vodafone Comedy Festival are past guests of this podcast. So Colm O'Regan, Eleanor Tiernan, Jareth Regan, who's been on about a million times, roughly. Uh, Garod Farrelly, uh, Kevin McGarren from Republic of Telly and Kevin Gildee, as well as guests of our live shows that haven't been on the podcast, Ashleen B, Maeve Higgins and uh, Conor O'Toole, who we definitely recommend you checking out. He is absolutely fantastic. Uh, other guests include Foil, Arms and Hog, who have never been on the podcast, have never done any of the live shows, but we used to play football with them on Wednesdays and two of three of them are pretty good at football. Um, probably won't name them. Uh, and finally, Adam Buxton, who, aside from generally being a legend in both podcasting and comedy, uh, he was a guest on Shane's pilot for Radio 4 as part of Diet Worm's Cult, uh, which is coming out in autumn. And uh, by all accounts, a very nice and somewhat beardy man. Um, tickets are on sale now from VodafoneComedy.com. Now, this is the episode after this. This week's episode is a one-off special, which is an interview with Connor from Villagers. I drove out to his absolutely ridiculously amazing place in North County, Dublin, which is like a in converted stables with studio and really, really interesting spot. He was kind enough in the middle of recording to take some time away so that I could uh, interview him. I, I interviewed him um, a while ago for the Top 5 podcast. This is Neil, by the way, Neil from the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm asking Shane to stay quiet for a while while I give some context at the start. Um, when we first started the podcast, we wanted creative people to give us their kind of top five tips. And we did an episode with Donald Leeson, with James Vincent McMorrow, and with Connor, and it was really, really great. But we didn't get an opportunity to have a more relaxed conversation about a whole host of different things. And I'm kind of hoping that's what this is. I mean, you've listened to it, Shane. You may speak. You may speak now. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, do you feel like you you got something out of this that it was like a a, a more in depth interview? Yeah, is um, you went. You were telling me that you were there for maybe a couple, a few hours, maybe even before you even pressed uh, yeah. record on, on on the task cam. And I think um, yeah, he's you seen there was a nice energy to it. it. Seemed very relaxed. It was more of a yeah, certainly uh, compared to the the top five tips chat you had yeah. before is a lot more. Well, relaxed I mean, Connor's a, a great guy. He's like one of those oracles that people go to ask questions about like when we broke up brief, briefly in Delorentos, like you know both Kieran and I separately met with Connor yeah. to talk about it you know and like he was just he's always been an amazing musician and just a really really interesting character I like I like his kind of point of view on you know creativity and stuff yeah. you know? he's a really he's a good guy sounds great I'd love to meet him one day well fingers crossed <laughs> play your cards right Okay. Well, in the meantime, I'll just have to make do with this interview that you did with him the other day. So this is Neil's interview with Conor O'Brien from Villagers. So a book inspired a person, and the person told me things that inspired him about the book. Then I wrote the song, and I don't really like the song, and now I'm reading the book. And I'm going... <laughs> <laughs> and I only started reading it today, and it's a really weird book that's actually imagining it's from the point of view of extraterrestrials <laughs> who are giving you an instruction manual as to how to live in this three-dimensional world that we live in and they're just telling you that you'll soon be in a five-dimensional world <laughs> I love it I already love it 
Is it we? I just had a massive argument, or I didn't have a massive argument. We had a discussion, a healthy discussion with Ross about this because Elon Musk came in and said that oh, there's yeah. a high possibility that if there, um, if the rate of uh, accelerated growth in gaming continues, oh yeah, <laughs> that there's a high probability that we're, we're in, all a in a game. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he said it was really cool as well. He's it's quite matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, probably, yeah. It's frightening, though. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, all the intelligent design people are like told you yeah and like whoever designed the game is, cre- is creeping me out yeah. right now like where'd, where'd, where'd Donald Trump come to be <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the boss at the end uh, level 2016 he's the comedy value yeah <laughs> um, yeah uh, yeah that's really interesting as well that's really weird I just, I, it is interesting I find the, the songwriting side of things really peculiar because nobody else Nobody does it the same way, you know. I always get the impression that, like, like someone like you, who's like an accomplished songwriter, whether you like it, admitting it or not, right? Like legally in in, in law, you're now recognised as an accomplished songwriter. Um, like you, when you sit down to as you as you are now to write a new album, mm-hmm. like where do you start? Do you start with great? I don't themes? know. No, I don't know because is it music? Is it melody? Is I, it? I've never used that instrument before. I want to start with that. I was on the bus today, <laughs> and I was listening to a demo that I'm doing. And I remember just writing, I wrote in my phone, remember how confused you were about what the hell you were trying to do. And I wrote that in my phone just because I remember feeling that last time I was trying to make something and I thought no, nothing was cohesive at all. And On the last album? Yeah. And really? I, and I, yeah, while I was writing it, there was, there was ch- tunes that never made it, probably won't make it to anybody's ears ever. And there were songs where I was trying to stretch things, thinking that it was going to be really adventurous. And then when I actually did it, it was just, horrible and really like overly constru- overly um what's the word um, constructed sounding uh, contrived sounding and um so i don't really ever really know i don't feel like i ever know what i'm doing it's just that i i just it's just that it's the first thing that's in my head when i wake up and last thing before i go to sleep usually as well so it's like it's it's just an obsession and sometimes it's a problem <laughs> as well you know it's just something that i really get something from and it's always a journey no matter how much you, no matter how much you fail or succeed. The, the only reason I'm asking you questions like that because it, I, I find it interesting how creative people come up with their, their work. Like we were listening to the Stephen James Smith mm. poet earlier on. He's brilliant. He's been mm. a guest on the podcast before and he's absolutely fantastic talent. But his discipline is, is different to yours, right? He's a different approach completely. Yeah. But, you play lots of instruments, you have to come up with uh, really strong melody lines, mm. you know, you have to come up with lyrics. And then you also have, you probably feel a bit of pressure album after album to develop the sound of Villagers, right? Mm. Like, your first album sounds very, very different, mm. I think. You know, I think there's a mm-hmm. logical progression, yeah. but it does sound very different. Right? Mm. So, like, from that standpoint... Or a regression, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not, <laughs> that's not a bad thing, but... But, like, at this point, you're, you're about to write a new album. Mm-hmm. And you have like, you've you've got lots of really cool keyboards. <laughs> you know, you, you can play lots of different instruments. Mm-hmm. But do you go? Oh, okay, I want to. I, I I like. I would like to sound like this guy that I really like, or girl, or band. Yeah, I always have attention when I'm writing. Which, not attention, but tension. I have tension. I have attention for attention, and it's like, um, and I think that's what um, helps with the process. And it's like, um, 
at the moment the tension is really wanting to make music that makes you dance and that's always what I've always wanted to do I never do it I always get too I always get too bogged down in like the the literal meaning maybe of what the words you should get from the words or or I get too focused on a certain aspect of the narrative of the song or something and that becomes an obsession and um and like and really when it comes down to it I just want to make like something as good as the best Fela Kuti album or you know or um like just music that makes your body move and but which still is kind of conscious you know like um and uh I don't think I have yet and I kind of want to um and that's what I'm trying to do at the moment and it's creating a weird tension cuz cuz the um cuz the songs are the songs I'm coming out with are very intimate sounding when I'm playing them on an yeah. acoustic guitar um, and then I go and I'm adding beats that I've worked on separately or something or I'm trying to build something around it which is much more groove based and very rarely those two things can go together unless you really do it very expertly I guess you know which is something I'm trying to learn now um, um, but I think I found a little key that yesterday I was like figuring a song out and then um I, for the last few weeks, I was I kept wanting to go back to this song, but I've never had time to because I've been working on other stuff. And I and I was always like, I'm going to get rid of those subtle acoustic drums, and then I'm going to put this kind of electro beat in the background, and that'll make the words mean something different. And then maybe the lyrics will slightly change at the end or something. And I listened to it again today, and I just realised that's actually not what it needs at all. That's just me trying to force something on it. It needs to be the way it is exactly. But once the song ends, I'm going to do a reprise, and it'll be like the same chords as the end of the song but it'll go into this moment of groove and up, upbeat moment which is kind of at odds with the general feeling of the beginning of the song and therefore the story of the character will change as well and then maybe that'll start a new song and then yeah. you know I start, focusing on sections is something that's kind of quite, quite cool I think you know instead of trying to put everything all into one three minute thing yeah, yeah focusing yeah, yeah, yeah. on like you know do you still find like I, I have a couple of questions off the, straight off the bat First of all, do you still find that you are expected to do a three to four minute song, a verse, a chorus, a middle eight, you know, maybe a refrain if you're feeling adventurous? Do you still feel constricted by that idea? Um, no, I think that's a really cool, like, I'd love to be able to do loads of them, but I, I find it quite difficult, actually. I get lost, and I think that's much more skillful to do them really well. To do a song like that that affects people, we, like, yeah, I'd love to do, like, Ten three-minute songs, and there you go. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, but I, I, only if they do as much as you know, as I get as I get out of stuff which I'm vaguely happy with, which I've made, you know, which is very rare, you know. Like, um, like I was just saying to you earlier, like I just wrote a song for somebody else, kind of, um, um, and I because of I was really just like focusing on my own stuff at the time, so I almost did it as a bookend to a day's work. And now I think it's probably better than anything that I spent months on, you know, because I just wasn't really, I wasn't trying to overthink it or something. Um, so <laughs> it's really confusing. It's like you're you're always your own worst enemy, and um, but some you know, but sometimes you're <laughs> sometimes you're not. Sometimes you know you're can, your own best friend. But you, <laughs> it's, 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 it's all right. <laughs> you know the way you want to do like. You said Fela Kuti, right? Yeah. Do you think being an Irish musician 
constricts you in terms of wanting to make dance music or music that makes people dance? In what sense? What do you mean, like? Do you think that, like, do you feel that you have the same sense of abandon that, like, non uh, British Isles musicians have? Um, No, but neither do, neither does anybody. I mean, I think you can always use what your mojo is and and what your culturally manifested mojo is. I suppose you can always use that. Um, It might necessarily be shaking your hips in a certain way, you know, or. Um, but I mean, I when I'm making stuff, the luckiest I feel the luckiest when I'm um, taking from the palette of influences that I've been lucky enough to, you know, um, be exposed to since I was very young, and that's yeah. that's just music from everywhere, and you know, and that just that blows my mind, and I didn't, you know, you know, I'm not really from any sort of not really from a an, like an Irish musical background at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, not at all. You know, so that's only something I've come to get to know a bit more in the last few years. You know, I actually, like you wouldn't listen to folk or not Irish folk music, not at all. When I was growing up, at all, like um, just Christy Moore alive at the point. You know, that was basically my yeah. CD, and I loved it and played it to death. But and that obviously is opening up obviously so many songs and different things. But in terms of you know the the main amount of music I listen to is just indie guitar rock when I was growing up and then getting into electronic music and then that bringing you to a whole other world like the samples from electronic music bringing you to you know everything Um, Richie Jape gave me a good (coughs) he gave me a good advice if you're going if you want to find something a really interesting sample on YouTube you should go to Google Translate and just write whatever you want to write into it whatever you're thinking and then translate it into whatever language you want to translate into like you know, I was translating into Arabic and then putting it into YouTube, and then you find stuff you would never have found because you don't, you know. And then cool. you sample that, and then you can sample. That's brilliant. It's really cool. <laughs> I really like it. It's really enjoyable because you find stuff which is it's just it's just the language thing, and then you find something you'd never find because you don't speak the language. Kind of thing. Would you ever record uh, a song in a different language? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, I've never done it. That would be cool. I'd have to. I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably get really obsessive about it and freak out and spend a year trying to get the pronunciation <laughs> right or something. No. I, mean, God, no, I don't know if I'd be the right person. What about Irish? Yeah. I'd probably almost be the same with that. I mean, I'm pretty bad at Irish. I wasn't I wasn't really taught Irish at school. Yeah. <laughs> pretty bad. Like everyone else. Pretty right? bad at it. Um, you know, I'm more Cagum Please, by all means. <laughs> If you need to go first, <laughs> it is your house after all. He's a pauper. <laughs> no, I just find like, the only reason I ask about being an Irish musician is that I wonder whether sometimes we're a bit more self-conscious. Yeah, it's a funny one because he, obviously I'm, I play with Welsh musicians at the moment, and they have a very different sense of um, their nationhood and their language. You know, um, in terms of they still speak it, and um, you know, I think maybe we're in a different part of our history, you know? Mm. And it's it's a weird thing. I don't know. There is an inbuilt guilt, which is obviously comes from the whole... God, we're getting heavy here, but it comes from the whole kind of... Let's melange of, you know, it comes from the melange of, of colonialism and, and the church and all that stuff. And, you know, you, that's not that's not going to disappear for in one generation, you know? Although this generation has been a pretty big, you know 
jump in that all that stuff which yeah. is kind of cool but the cultural stuff like the like I, I don't come from a religious family but I do have a healthy dose of Irish Catholic guilt yeah <laughs> always right there <laughs> on my shoulder just in case you I know what you mean no I do I know what you mean it's funny uh, yeah, and it's probably passed through the generations, not necessarily yeah. your parents, maybe the, the generation above that, or, you know, it's it's funny. Um, I do too, yeah. I remember we were really early on in Villages, we got like a, might have been a Pitchfork review. It was definitely an American review, and it said that becoming a jackal was one of the main negative things about it was how guilty it all sounded. No. <laughs> and they were basically saying Irish Catholic guilt, and I was, I was like, are they right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> Listen to it. It's yeah. true? Well, I, was, I wouldn't, I don't think that's a negative thing. I think it's expressing exactly, I don't see, the funny thing about music and stuff is I don't really understand criticisms of music, of my music, because, well, of my music I don't, because if it sounds guilty, then it's because it was expressing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if it sounds, like, I don't, it's legitimate. It's all legitimate. Even the mistakes for me, it's because I was on a particular buzz of it being, you know, my head wasn't really in it that day, but I can kind of hear the expression of that. I don't see music in the way of, like, it being judged at all. I, I sort of see it... it you, I, I constantly have to adjust, like, what music is to me when I talk to critics and journalists and stuff. Why? Be, because they don't see it as the same way as a person who makes music every day does, yeah. you know? It's yeah. not... It's not um, it's not the same thing. It's it, to them. I mean, the whole notion of you know judging it and, and awards and stuff. And I mean, it's just funny. I don't know. I, like in in a perfect world for me, I'd I'd make an album and then I'd tour it for two months or something, and then I'd start making a new album because I just love making music. Yeah. But then again, you wouldn't get to see any place or anything. Here. You know. Sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. Oh, not at all. Like. Uh, I, I find that it's funny that you mentioned the journalist thing because although like in Delorentos we wouldn't have had anywhere near the amount of interviews that you've had to go through for villagers, you certainly go through that cycle when you're be it you're in Spain or Ireland or or, or Mexico. Or Mexico. Or Mexico. I'd love to go to Mexico. Oh Jesus lucky duckies. It's great. I mean Jesus Christ, go. <laughs> you're in villagers. <laughs> but I guess my point is like it takes a while to not have your guard up, right? I, I mean, I certainly found that, that, like, certainly initially when you're in a band, like, you feel like you're supposed to say certain things or be a certain way, and instead of just being open and vulnerable and admitting that you don't know what you're doing, you're making it up as you go along, yeah. that you do enjoy it for the most part. Some of it's crap. But you're not allowed to say that either. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, um, I find a conversation like this really enlightening because... I can ask you questions like, do you feel self-conscious, you know, playing a certain type of music? Or do you, mm -hmm. do you focus on a particular element when you're trying to come up with ideas? Because I find that really interesting because we go through that mm. in everything that we do, you know? Mm -hmm. But like... Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I find it hard to articulate it in, in the same way when you're sitting across from, from, from a journalist because it is a different discipline, right? And, and also they're there in a completely different capacity. They don't really want to know what it's like to write an album. They want... The soundbite. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're there to do as well, I suppose, you know? Yeah, and, like, people do that so well. Like, yeah. some people do that really well, and it's actually quite good. Like, it's part of the game, and it's actually part of the show almost, and I think that's really cool. I'd love to be able to do that. And 
it for all to be a play and you know theater and that's amazing but yeah the thing about yeah it's funny the more you travel and the more you go to certain places in the world where you realize that you're what you think goes through so many filters which are all predetermined culturally and so a lot of people around the world don't have those filters they have different filters but yeah. but seeing that firsthand continually yeah blows my mind as well like a um and like I, I went to see a therapist very briefly and he the main thing I got out of it was that he said I didn't seem to be when he asked me how I was feeling he said I didn't seem to be telling him I seemed to be almost asking him how I should feel in front of him, you know, in certain words. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, that's fed into my music quite a lot. Um, just the idea of, you know, because the idea of reading, like growing up gay in Ireland, you have, to, you have to learn how to read the room from the moment you're born. You have to learn how, it's, how okay it is to be yourself in every single room you walk into. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or if you're allowed to be... Yeah, you know. no, it, it's, it, that never... It, but it's just interesting. But to me, that actually fed a lot into my kind of obsessive writing and my kind of... Because I, I kind of turned away from kind of social life for many years and just kind of... Because it was so tiring for me. And I just kind of went and started made up a little little world of my own and then wrote, you know? But... um. It's and I'm, yeah, it's funny is when you when you get in your thirties and you're traveling, you're meeting people, and and you're losing all those shackles. You know, it's incredible. You are you're 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 gradually becoming a person of the world. You're not you're not a person of your your country, your your community. Yeah, yeah you're of the world, and it's and it's it's amazing and liberating. But you still don't stop being amazed by by the level of liberation of of people on on every level around in, in different countries around the world and. and um, as an Irish person, I guess. Which is well, geez, I remember cool. we had this conversation about the um, shows over in Moscow. Yeah. And I remember, like, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, we'd just come back from Moscow. I was like, oh, this is, it's really, really cool. Like, it's really interesting. Like, it's so different, so yeah. weird. And you said, I, I'd love I to go to Moscow. I'd love to go to Moscow, but, <laughs> I, but, but uh, I wouldn't be welcome there. That's fucking devastating. Ah, well, it was just, yeah, it was just around the Olympics time, wasn't it? And yeah. it was around the time of all the killings and oh yeah it was yeah but ah yeah but maybe i was just being melodramatic their loss <laughs> and also that's not necessarily true because we've, we've been invited but it just didn't work out so yeah um no i was just being a little bit because i'd read i think i think that week i'd read an article um i think it was like a vice article one of their actual good ones and it was kind of um and it was like uh yeah and it was just talking about what it's like to be gay in Russia and it was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> horrifying so yeah they yeah. rarely do good news stories in Vice <laughs> well some of their investigative journalism is really good but I haven't seen that for a while yeah. it seems to be getting a bit I don't know do you, do you read the magazine or do you no just online, online just, uh, but I remember seeing kind of cool stuff where they go to quite scary places around the world and, and just talk as a not as you know just, just be quite real in the situations and I thought that was quite cool you yeah, don't see that is, much yeah. But then, when you, yeah, some of the other articles are just trying you, to like you, then you remember Rupert Murdoch owns Vice. Yeah, I remember that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can ruin what you can't hide. God. Um, okay, let me ask you some other questions about some stuff. Going back to songwriting, uh, I know you can't break it down into this simple form, but it's Monday morning. It's nine o'clock. 10 o'clock, whatever, you're, you're going, I am Connor, I am about to write a song. 
as he starts every Monday morning with that sentence, <laughs> as we know. So we've established. Do you sit down at a piano? Do you sit down with a, a piece of paper and a pen? Do you look out the window with a cup of coffee? Do you read a book? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm talking blank slate. You're not starting with an idea. Nobody's come to you saying, I need you to write a song for a TV show or whatever. It never happens because uh, all the ideas were taken on your phone, you know, singing into it while you're walking down the street or into a notebook at a cafe or... So you're never not working with pre, ah. pre-worked ideas. That's okay. just, it's always doing stuff, which which is like the song that I just mentioned earlier on that took me a day yesterday. It didn't really take me a day. I went through my like iTunes folder of like fifty ideas that are that are just like slowly kind of um, percolating. Per- that's a good word. <laughs> percolating, percolating, <laughs> and um, yeah, and um, and then just took the one that. In fact, I took the one that I thought, okay, if I don't do this, anything with this now, I'm never going to do it because it's one of the oldest ones and it just all it was was like uh, three words and those three words sung at a certain rhythm which suited the words and a certain notes and it was very simple. So then you start the writing after that and then you've already got a little framework, you know. So like a cappella sung into your phone? No, I think that had guitar, so I was obviously in a room somewhere, but it was like it was just guitar and and and... Some words, and then the rest was just mumbling, you know. So yeah. it's just like, I feel like I don't think I've ever just sat down and started something um, with the aim of having it finished or something that day or whatever. It's always like, I'll take this bit. Yeah, it's always like you only have 15 minutes here or 10 minutes here, yeah, so you just yeah, go, yeah. and then in two years' time, you start using it or something. That's really So when you're touring and you're backstage or you're in a hotel room you're writing down ideas um sometimes yeah i mean every day i do it on my phone so and it's mostly crap like like really embarrassing like especially let's 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 have this <laughs> let the listeners decide. i actually did that with some friends of mine recently we were late and we were having some a few beers and we were just sitting around and, and um and i read them everyone was like Oh God, no! What? <laughs> Do not tell anyone these. <laughs> well, it's just end. That's all. To me, that's that's what the obsession is. You just keep trying to make stuff all the time, and most of it's crap. But the more you do, the more chance you might, you know, you might God, jump so on good. something. That's so good to hear. That is so good to hear. Why? Do you, all do of that. Like most that? of it's crap. That's good to hear. <laughs> You keep on going. Oh, it is. And, even, and then some of the stuff you choose to put out is crap as well, you know? So it's like, you, sometimes you have embarrassing things, which... Do you find that? You, ah, yeah. Are you embarrassed by things that you find? There's, there's a couple of, like, tunes which I, which I don't know why I thought they, were, they should have gone on albums and stuff. Um, and they're usually, when I was maybe reading... Like, one of them was when I was before I kind of went off him when Richard Dawkins was all over the place and I was reading him and a few other like famous famous atheists and I was quite sort of into it and then as he started saying more and more crazy things I was just like oh gosh this guy's really annoying and horrible but I'd already written the song (laughs) (laughs) and um but it was sort of inspired by his kind of absolute belief um his um uh uh, extremist belief 
and he's quite dogmatic. Isn't he? Yeah, uh, but I I was taken in for a while, and certain certain things he said he said were really were really quite interesting and and stuff. But since then, in that whole world, I've personally kind of gone into a more um, kind of who cares aspect, an agnostic, I guess, kind of aspect where I'm just I think every you know. No, no one should dedicate their life to trying to prove somebody else wrong. You know, and just yeah, just, just focus on your yeah, own yeah. kind of like focus on making things rather than destroying things. Yeah. So, like religion plays a part in yeah in your thinking when it comes to songwriting, or is it just another? It's just another subject. I'm really interested by religious um, iconography and stuff because um, I think sometimes it's the most beautiful. It can be really beautiful and. and um, yeah, a lot of the time though, was because the church had the money to pay the really great art. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> yeah, and they were trying to like amaze all the poor people just by making them yeah. stare and look, look how much, look how beautiful God is. Give us money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, my my brother is like um, he's kind of an interesting character. He's like he's he's solid atheist, but very very well versed on Catholic. Hindu, um, Judeo, any Judeo-Christian dogma, yeah. and loves um, nothing more than getting into an argument with people <laughs> about the origins of X, Y, and Z. I found it really interesting. He got me this book, The History of God. I recommend it. It's by this ex-nun um, who wrote about all the monotheistic faiths uh-huh. and like the most the Abrahamic religions and where they dovetail and uh-huh. where uh, stories from the Old Testament are taken from the Bhagavad Gita. It's really interesting, yeah. you know? Really, really cool. Um, it's never helped me write a song. But, uh, but hey, it, it fed into this conversation. Yeah, so yeah. It's worthwhile. No, that's, that is re- like, that's really interesting. And like, yeah, you, I wish I had the ability to maintain facts and confront people. I'm terrible, yeah. Terrible confrontation. I just prefer singing and stuff. You do, probably don't have to I mean these days you probably don't come across it it's not like we're in school anymore there's no confrontation on, on your day to day routine no well there is I guess there always is but more on a friendly nature which my um, which my uh, um, fight or flight gland uh, over uh, kicks into too strongly towards and then I sort of retreat really from yeah um, but anyway sorry I'm talking shit no no Hold on, we're, we're going to finish this point, whether <laughs> you like it or not. I'm trying to remember the name of the... It's not the pineal gland. <laughs> what, that causes you the adrenal gland? Yeah, I guess the adrenal... The, yeah, yeah. The pineal gland's the one that makes you hallucinate when you're dying, I think. That's the white light thing? Yeah, I think it's the one that... And it's the one that that drug can release. Um, so if you take drugs, the pineal gland excretes something? I think so, yeah. I think it's the... I can't remember the name of the drug. The DMT... Definitely gonna go. <laughs> don't take drugs, kids. Don't take don't take drugs, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, Catholic guilt. Fucking throw me off. Fucking hell. Uh, <clears throat> that, was the, that was the best Catholic guilt moment ever. Yeah, I don't know why we started talking about Catholic. Maybe we should guilt. cut that bit. Just, it was like a whole half hour talking about religion and singing in Irish. That was not the intention. Why don't you sing in Irish about God, Connor? <laughs> huh? What's wrong with you? Don't you hate, do you hate your heritage that much? God damn it. <laughs> And this, the anniversary in 1916. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you get asked to do anything for 1916? Uh, you yeah. did something in the 1916. No, just um, Phil King called me and um, he said, would you like to sing Courage in Kilmainham Jail for this kind of 10-minute piece of film we're doing for the commemoration. Amazing. 
And I was really kind of like, God, no. Like, as in, what? Like, saying, I'll sing a song that actually resonates in that in, a, in an obvious way or whatever. And then I met him and um, um, had some tea and stuff, and we were chatting, and, and he was just like, no, no, seriously, if you just leave, leave, out, leave out a couple of words. But, um, yeah, when you leave out a few words and... Um, and and sing the song. It it really will work. So I kind of just had to trust him because to me it was a very dangerous thing to do because it's such a weighty subject and um and it's and um and here's my little tune that's kind of about having courage in yourself and stuff and which isn't you know obviously wasn't written with such themes in mind you know uh, maybe on a more general level which is obviously what Philip was tapping into. Mm. It is whatever. But do you not think that's that's what resonates with people? Like? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way that they framed it was really beautiful, and I was I was really like I had to call like call them and just be like, wow, that was I really thanks for making me do that because <laughs> they framed it, you know, um, after the reading of the letters from um, all the leaders who are going to be executed to their to their loved ones and stuff. Yeah. So and um, and it was really um, it was really nice. I just I was really blown away by the um, the final. Um, the whole thing was really beautiful from, yeah. the, from the beginning to the end. So. But do you, like, do you find um, do you have do you mind when people put their own uh, say a song a villager song resonates with somebody <clears throat> and they've got the lyrics their interpretation of the lyrics completely yeah. at odds with what you intended? Does that bother you? No, not at all. I, like, I don't really. No. I mean, I had a different feeling that day singing that song because I knew that, like, my grandmother was put in Gamenum jail for being part of Kumun Naman um, briefly, and oh. and like I was just that I had that in my head while I was singing in the jail to cameras, and I was like, this is really full circle weird thing, you know. Um, How but she, was she, she, she there? only for like a week, and they ended up staging a protest, and <laughs> and then everyone was just like, I just get out, you troublemakers, and kick them out. <laughs> So, um, yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, oh yeah, well, yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. On the way out, I, I asked the people working there. Um, um, I told them her name. I was like, could, "Could you do you have any records?" Just thinking that they'd be able to go. Yep, here she is. Mm. And they were just like, "Yeah, okay, give us a call." You know, you're the yeah, you're the yeah, ten millionth yeah. person who's asked us this or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine, yeah, everybody that was passing through were probably yeah, yeah, yeah. relations or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you one more question. Sorry, I know that yeah. time-wise we're probably... Um, I've been here for three hours already. I've only recorded the last half of it. We have another cup of tea on this one. Um, <laughs> well, I wanted to know what your relationship is like with your fans. Um, given that like you feel... It's all, you're open to interpretation your your songs, you know, that you'd like you yourself have like a, a tentative grip on what you're right. Tentacled grip. And a tentacled grip, your many tentacled grip of your songs. Mm-hmm. Um I presume that you've met people that are obsessed with villagers, that really like villagers or villagers have touched them in some way, shape or form. Not the band haven't touched them, but the songs have touched them. Jesus Neil. <laughs> you made that face. This is bullshit. You made that face. God. But um, do you, do you find it easy to interact with people that like that love your work? You know that like you have a lot of friends in the music scene and your wider network of friends in Dublin. You know that you're close to. Yeah. 
But there are people that you don't know that feel they know you. Dublin's a small place, and I can only only imagine that you've you've met lots. Oh, of people in Dublin, like yeah, in Dublin, it's, I've never ever had any negative experience ever. I've never really had any negative experience anywhere. Um, I guess I don't know. I guess the kind of people who come to the shows are <laughs> kind of nice people. <laughs> I guess um, I've had really amazing experiences in the last year or two, just because I guess because of the nature of the songs and. I've been a bit more open to going out afterwards and just chatting away and um I've had this really strong feeling of like just not being a different character as the person who was just on the stage. It's quite easy to just cross that line now whereas before sometimes I was like oh but you felt you had to put up the side. Yeah, but like like not, not 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 for the obvious reasons of like not singing about sexuality or whatever but um more for like I was dressing the songs up quite strongly and I I don't know I've I've gone through a lot of phases with the music and I think I've I found one which really connected with where I was at that particular time in my life or whatever and and the the actual the arrangements of the music really suited me yes. and I think that came across in these shows and it allowed a sort of um a, a more free um feeling for me you know to to, yeah, like to be interact. able to interact yeah there was a really interactive feeling in the in the audience within the shows between the songs and the audience i guess you know? do you feel like as time's gone time's gone on that you're more comfortable in yourself yeah i think so yeah yeah um yeah definitely oh yeah 100 percent. i mean i think that's like kind of true of most people i know as well you know what i mean it's like it's, it's kind of growing Older and the things that used to the things that used to like used to care about tend to sort of disappear and then it all you know I feel like I kind of understand a bit more about what's important and <laughs> sorry, well, like, this when, is turning you into st- a- <laughs> <laughs> you always do this you're like no I'm not going to finish that well, like- <laughs> <laughs> you're loud talk <laughs> Well, I think I've just answered your question as as a no, just there. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's, that's true. I think you've answered the question quite well. Because like, if you think about it, when you first, say with the media, right? Mm-hmm. You'd spent, like you'd just come out, of, you'd come out of college, but you were in a band with your schoolmates. You'd all listen to guitar music. You, you know, you did, did like fantastic plastic records and all that kind of stuff. You did really, really cool stuff and really, really great songs. But did you feel like you were guy in indie band playing guy in indie band? Uh, no, I was just having like that. The immediate was kind of purely like really close friends having loads of fun, and okay. that was kind of all it was. Like we were, it was when we were good, when we were like at our peak. It was the best thing ever because it was just mayhem and um, but it wasn't. We didn't really have time to kind of double think. Double think? We didn't have time to double think. We didn't think twice about it. It's all right. <laughs> um, it was great. No, no, don't think twice. It's all right. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember going down to Other Voices a day early. We were playing the day after you guys to see you guys. Mm-hmm. It, like, I used to love watching the immediate live. <laughs> always put on a great show. Yeah. It, was, it was very different to the Yeah, voice, yeah. Like, it was really... Performance-wise and stuff. Yeah. It was just amazing being... Like, we all just had this really strong belief in it. But it was almost like we didn't really... They hadn't really prepared our heads for people actually 
being interested in it or something. It was like this bubble, and we were just really like we're we're right now we're sitting beside a drawing that myself and Dave did. I wouldn't say it's the greatest piece of art in the world, but myself and Dave from um, one one of my best buddies, um, we used to live in this house and together, and Pete as well, and and we'd sort of just stay up all night long trying to write songs, trying to make things, and just, I mean, everything was just a giant mess, but it was a really beautiful giant mess. None of it really made that much sense, you know. <laughs> I, I'm so jealous of your amazing house. Every time we look somewhere, this ah, no, is cool. That's not my house. This is just, I've been, this is just a temporary stop off. Do you find that making stuff, you know, like, is the thing that you don't do anymore that you just focus on your work you don't get a chance to like build things paint um yeah that's actually something I was thinking recently yeah I was thinking that recently I went through a phase of making cigar box guitars for friends oh cool which is really, wow. really cool and they're always like really dirty sounding like, like a really simple pickup I don't uh, hang on I don't understand what, what was my it's right here oh! I gave you a present. I gave you presents. You did. You gave me Jenga. Yeah. But um, and also, uh, in through phase of getting old cabinet radios, you know, like the wooden cabinet radios, like a valve radio that doesn't work. Oh yeah. And stripping it out and using the speaker just as like an iPhone speaker and <laughs> with like the I don't know if a part of that stuff is psychological, but it certainly feels you feel the warmth of a wooden cabinet with this. Oh yeah. yeah, and the physicality of like a. a a thing. A thing, yeah. It's a little Bluetooth speaker. That's like, yeah, you know, it's not just information, or yeah. it's like, it's actual mechanics. So, and yeah, something shaking. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. Um, same goes for like recordings and everything, like valves and big things like that. They're lovely. You, when you, um, when you left the immediate, I remember talking to you when you were playing with Cathy Davey, mm -hmm. and you told me that you were going to try and play clean like learn how to play clean which means like no effects pedals for a period of time you just want to play a, a nice guitar through a nice amp. I've been playing dirty for too long <laughs> that's the title of your autobiography <laughs> <laughs> playing dirty for too long but um, I just thought that was a really interesting idea to have like an ideological approach to making music you know it wasn't down to what the best sound was necessarily it was just like you said this is going to be my approach for a oh. period of time and it led to some like really really great music, like that that Kathy Davy album that you. That you oh, I meant with. when I was playing with her. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. I just thought it was really really interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I have occasionally quoted that. Ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was the best. That was the best time. Everybody who was involved in that in Kathy's band around that time, just we always just see that as like these golden days of, um, just amazing gigs and. Um, Do you, like. <clears throat> If the stakes were low and you had the opportunity to... Like, you've been playing with John Grant. You've guested with John Grant a few times live. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, um, there's no pressure on you for villagers. You know, there's no... I guess there must be a label going, we need a new record. And, hi, this is Mr. Hollywood here. We need songs, stat. Would you just go on the road with a band and that wasn't you and play? Oh, and just being the band, yeah, being the band. Like, does that still uh, appeal to you, or yeah, or not? Yeah, I, I kind of dream of that sometimes. And um, is that just like somebody wanting to quit their job and say, "I'm gonna"? Yeah. Just get, do you know what I mean? Is it a fantasy, or is it actually something that you think you get something out of? 
I think I'd get loads out of that. I, I, it's kind of weird. I feel like I, I sort of, I still have something to get off my chest and um, in terms of writing stuff that I'm going to sing, you know. So. Well, that's interesting because I wanted to ask you what's what's next. You know, you've like you've written these amazing albums. You've got awards coming out the wazoo, right? <laughs> As you were telling me, you weren't. <laughs> um, but like, what you know, what 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 motivates you? Is it to do something different? Is it to do do more? Is it to do something new? Like, what 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 is it? That... Um, it's kind of a compulsion. It's it's. Um... It's a little bit of an addiction, um, and um, I've always been a really strong kind of self-critic, and I've always kind of like wanted to take, you know, anything I've made into a place that, whether it was a visual art or music or anything, and into a place that I didn't think it could have initially gone, and to surprise myself, and, so, and I'm trying to do that right now with with music and. It's chasing after this feeling that you know, I feel like I only ever rarely get, very rarely get, um, when I'm making things. But when I get it, it's like this completely ecstatic moment where I feel like I've really caught, captured something which I've been work, trying to get, you know, out of myself or something. Or, and um, uh, and I really, I always want that feeling, you know, but. Um, a lot of the time it feels like there's something in the way and something's blocking it. And a lot of the time writing feels like, like pushing pushing all these you know branches out of the way to get to this feeling that you kind of, you know is in you um, and you know that you have achieved in the past maybe, but you could even get further with it this time. And um, um, So yeah, I don't know. It's just this ecstatic thing which is impossible to define and it's just music, you know. It's like a, it's my favourite thing in the world and... and um, I just want to dance. Do you think those moments when you land on a song that you're like, "This is," I've definitely done it. Yeah, I know those moments are, are are fleeting in your in your own head. You like because you, you say yourself after an album's out, you're like, "Oh shit, I wish I hadn't done that. No, I could have done it differently." And yeah. Maybe, but is is that the thing that attracts you? Those moments, like where you're. Yeah, those moments where you just you get something and you're like, so many like. A lot of the time, it's a few different pieces of a jigsaw that we're all kind of close to each other for weeks, but then finally they've just come together and they, you know, and and um, it's really satisfying. But you're always just learning, like it's it's just learning, and it's like developing new brain cells. Like I really feel like a I really feel like a physical connection to and writing is of like if I don't if I can't do it for long periods of time like when I was in school like I used to get really really depressed I think it was probably depression like and I was just I felt really understimulated by being in school like but by, by the time I hit about 14 15 I just remember thinking I this is not I can't this is not where I'm meant to be I can't be here and I just felt really understimulated by all the rote learning and all the and I just hated it and I think ever since then I've sort of been reacting against that feeling of, of in your most formative years when you should be forming so many different um, memories and which you know you are obviously outside of those hours but um, I guess I'm reacting sort of against that um, and also just on a non-reactive level you know um, just really trying to form new um, 
pathways and avenues in my brain and in my soul and you know we're all extraterrestrials so um we're in a game <laughs> we're in a game we're in a game <laughs> we're in it we're in a computer game as yeah. well so yeah so um and it's about aliens <laughs> wait 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 hang on <laughs> we need to read this <laughs> i'm confused oh no sorry the aliens made the computer game yeah i guess well i guess so and we're in it and we make songs and we well we make songs <laughs> yeah other people make stuff oh yeah like this yeah. and that and these and, the, and the, these things and I guess those things as well those things are over there um, okay sorry I, I promise I'm going to wrap this up because it's really really late at night and you've been very hospitable <laughs> and I'm extremely overbearing and annoying um, but uh, so, don't be so down on yourself oh, you know. um, for, for, for what it's worth the reason I've been here for many years and, and pestered you to do another interview is because I admire you so much and I think you're oh, absolutely sure. fantastic I mean it I mean right this compliment is, this compliment is happening right <laughs> you need to address it Shut no I mean it like and, and I like even on a selfish level like talking to somebody that creatively I think is so fantastic it's really interesting to, to hear how you think about things uh. and how you go about your stuff so thank you. I am a pretty interesting guy. <laughs> you are a really interesting guy. <laughs> Funny you'd stop messing. <laughs> um, okay, Connor from Villagers, <laughs> thank you very much. Wearevillagers.com is the website where you can find out all the info on Connor and his endeavours, all the gigs he's playing over the summer, so do go check uh, that out. Um, thanks so much to Connor for sitting down with Neil. It was really interesting. Well done, Neil. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. It's difficult to make it uninteresting. Just no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try. Yeah, that no, was great. So, um, yeah, awesome. So that's pretty much it for for the show. Thanks so much uh, to our producer uh, Ailish Bracken. Uh, thanks also to our sound engineer and mixer Emma Butt. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Vodafone Comedy Festival. Um, we will be back next week with a brand new episode absolutely and don't forget to check out the weekly general meeting on Twitter Facebook and the weekly GM because we couldn't get the weekly general meeting on twi- Twitter it's too unwieldy anyway I think I prefer the weekly well, we GM ca- we should probably shouldn't have called this the weekly general meeting anyway what if it's unwieldy Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get into that now? (laughs) No, we're stuck with that name. Anyway, we're all stuck with that name, uh, ourselves and yourselves. But we would like you to check out the website nonetheless. And please rate and comment the podcast on iTunes. Um, Because people say that on podcasts. I don't really know what it means, but hopefully it's a good thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I think it is. I think it is a thing. Okay. I think it is a thing because everyone says Every, it. Literally everyone says Every said. podcaster says but, it. But I just wonder if one person said it at the start and, and then they go, think, oh, well, that I think Mark be. Maron said it first and now everyone has to do it. Well, who are we to break <laughs> to break formation on that? Um, cool. Well, anyway, listen, uh, big thanks to everyone for listening and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks very much. Bye.